Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Gather around, everybody. Listen up. I got a story to tell. Tell, tell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Rico Lane, and thank you for checking in to the Blessed Money Podcast, where we help you build your relationship with Christ by sharing blessings and testimonies on Bible scriptures that is manifested in everyday people's lives like yourself. If you have ever found a Bible difficult to understand, struggle with your faith, or simply wonder why Christians believe the way that they do, then this podcast is definitely for you. I believe that if we can show you that the Bible is made real in our personal lives today, even though it was written so many years ago by so many different authors, then you just may change the way you view the Bible. It may even spark your curiosity on the Bible or Christ, and I know without a doubt, if you seek Christ, you will find him. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And oh yeah, don't forget, be a blessing and share your testimony. testimony. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. I thank you for an opportunity for me to be used by you, Lord. I thank you for an opportunity to be a vessel to share your word. I pray that as I discuss your word, that it is all you and none of me. I also pray that the listeners' ears, their eyes, their hearts, and their minds are open so that they hear the truth, they know the truth, and they understand the truth. And anything that may not be the truth, I pray that you take it away from their memory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Rico. Thank you for checking back in to the Blessed Money Podcast. Man, today we got an exciting episode. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to be a little different. So we're going to hop right into it because it's going to run long. Uh, also, we recorded this episode on Zoom. And so with the internet connection going in and out and with everybody on the internet right now because we're stuck in the house through COVID-19 there's some parts where the internet maybe kind of cut the audio a little bit I ask that you don't let that deter you from listening to the episode because this episode is very important let's go ahead and hop right into the word today's blessing comes from the book of John chapter 6 verses 63 through 67 it is the spirit that quicketh the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? All right, so I want y'all to understand what's going on right here in this scripture. In John chapter 6, that's where that's where we um, see a couple miracles from God. Matter of fact, that's when he fed the 5,000, which probably been closer to like 25,000 when you count the women and children. But either way, he had he did this miracle, right? And um, after he did that miracle and fed them bread, he was like, hey, I can, I can do more than just do miracles. And I'm more than just giving bread. I am actually the bread, right? I am the way. And so he's kicking this knowledge to all of his disciples. And he had more than just the 12 people that was following him. And so he realized when he was 
talking about this that a lot of people was like basically finding it hard to believe. And he knew they were finding it hard to believe. And they were like, man, we don't really understand what you're saying to us. We can't really believe what you say to us. And Jesus was like, he was basically like, if you don't believe now, how are you going to believe when I ascend into heaven? And that's kind of where we're at right now. Jesus is going into heaven and a lot of people are having a hard time believing, you know, the gospel and having a hard time believing that he's our savior. And he knew that. And he said that the, um, the tough part about it is nobody's going to be able to come onto him or believe in him unless the heavenly father, uh, sends them unless the heavenly father puts it in them to want to follow Jesus. And I know that may sound harsh, but it's the truth. You know, because people have free will and it's going to be hard to understand that. But you got to understand them with the spirit. You can't understand them with with your fleshly or your mind or your or, or, the, or the way of the world. It's, you got to understand it on a different level, on a spiritual level. And so some people are just not going to get it. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus said it. And what's so sad about it was that some of the people that was following him turned away. And he asked them this question. And I'll ask you the same question. Will you also turn away? Well, my guest today... I'm so excited to have him. I actually met him on one of the Facebook groups and he was just, uh, his energy, even online was just unbelievable. And he was doing some big things, very successful. And so I reached out to him and I was like, Hey man, I would love to have you on my show, but it's a Christian show. Do you believe in Christ? And the, uh, bad thing about it was he was like, no, I don't, you know? And what made it even worse is that he used to believe in Christ. Just like some of the guys in John 6, some of the disciples that was following Christ, he used to follow Christ. Matter of fact, his dad was a pastor. And although he's very successful, he got a, a podcast called Dream Catchers. And I love the concept of Dream Catchers because basically it's like instead of uh, chasing your dreams, instead of having dreams that you want to do, it's like going after them and catching them. And, and in that podcast, he give good tips. He's a very successful guy, very smart guy. His name is John. You know, I, I actually enjoy speaking with him. Matter of fact, he has some tips that I would like to implement and put in place. I highly encourage you to check out his podcast. You know, if you, if you have a dream that you want to go after, his podcast is a podcast that you should listen to. You know, but I personally wanted to still reach out and have a conversation with him. A lot of people may be shy away, but when you're a disciple for Christ, you know, we have to be able to minister to the lost. We have to be able to talk to the lost. We have to be able to show love to the lost. We don't have to agree with them. We don't have to uh, do the same things that they're doing, but we have to be able to hold a conversation. We don't got to be ugly with them. The world expects people that, who disagree to act a certain way. And as Christians, we got to act different. And the reality of it is, is that your interaction with them, the love that you have in you, the Holy Spirit that's inside of you should show out, come out, and then hopefully it will help transform them. But like Jesus said, it starts with the Father. And so the reality of it is some people are not going to believe. Some people are not going to follow. But us as disciples, we still got to be able, willing to have that conversation. We still got to be willing to talk to them. And we, uh, and, and, and we never know the... Uh, our conversation may be the father's way of planting that seed for them to grow and come and know Christ. And so I just encourage you all to listen to this episode. I encourage you all to hear things from his point of view. I encourage you to hear things from my point of view. We, it was not a debate. It wasn't me trying to get him to believe the way I believe. It was simply me trying to understand what made him turn away. And then also me being somebody who once turned away and came back, 
try to help him understand why I came back. And so I just ask you to pray for the brother. I ask you to pr continue to pray for me. And hopefully one day he, he, will, he will return. You know, Jesus will leave the 99 to go after that one. And so I'm praying that he's that one that Jesus will go after of. But let's go ahead and hop right into the interview. Interview. The whole Dream Catchers podcast, and you doing big things with that. So, can you just kind of tell me what um, pushed you into doing that, and what was your motivation for starting what you what you've been doing? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, the quickest and easiest way to explain it is this: uh, I spent 15 years in the corporate world, building, training, and leading leaders. Um, and the last seven of those 15 years was specifically in the sales industry or, um, yeah, sales industry, uh, the height of my career, 293 locations were under my belt, five different States across the U S but the truth is I was unhappy entirely, did not enjoy what I was doing and hated myself. And the real reason I hated myself was entirely for the fact that I had this dream that I was going to be an international New York Times bestselling author. And I continued to push that off for over a decade. Mm. And finally, for a number of different reasons, uh, I made the decision, enough's enough. It's now or never. We're either going to go ahead and begin to write and start to actually catch our dreams, or we're never going to do it. And so it originally started simply as writing a book has evolved into this beautiful movement of dream catchers where we're tired of chasing our dreams and we're ready to start catching them. And so honestly, that's where the top rated podcast, the dream catcher show got birthed. Um, beginning of this year in January, I actually published my first book, the pen and its author. And I'm actually working on a nonfiction right now um, called the art of dream catching. So Man. that's what I got going on. Man, that's awesome, man. I can definitely relate. So, um, I'm in the I'm in the military, and so I've been in about 16 years. Okay, cool. And man. So I got I got about three and a half left before I can retire. But man, the military, the Air Force has been good to me. It's provided for my family. You know, I've had nice. I had to travel around the world a whole nine. But it's something about uh, once you realize what you were meant to be doing and you find your dream, yep. it's like the stuff yep. you, you always been doing kind of does get boring. And so I'm kind of at that point in my life, like I'm so yep. ready to retire so I can go a hundred percent with what I'm doing. Absolutely. But, uh, Absolutely. Thing. but here's, here's what, let me interrupt real quick. Here's what I love about what you're doing. Cause this is what I wasn't doing. I wasn't chasing or even trying to catch my dream inside of those 15 years of corporate America. Mm. You though are in the air force yep. and you're going after your dream right now and you're catching it by doing what you're doing. The sole fact that you have got a podcast and you are hosting it and you're interviewing is entirely different than what I was doing because I continue to say someday when I've got this amount in the bank account, someday when my credit score looks like this, someday when I've got this house, when I've got this car, when I've got yeah. this, blah, 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 blah. someday I'll kick my feet up, I'll start to write and everything will be golden. It'll be the golden years and then I'll publish. That's not how things happen. You got to start doing it now and making things happen right now in the season you're in. I'm curious, man. Uh, you said you were in the Air Force, yeah? Yeah. Where did you Where did you visit? 
So, man, I've been everywhere. So, I when I, when I first joined, so I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. If you can't tell by yeah. all the Georgia stuff I got going on back here. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm from Georgia. Um, and when I first joined, I got stationed in Florida. And so I was in Panama City, Florida. I was a cop. Okay, cool. I was actually a cop when I first joined. I joined, like, right out of high school. Well, not right out of high school. I was 19. I joined. Okay. And uh, so they stationed me in Florida. And then as a cop, I deployed to Iraq, uh, southern Iraq. It was like Talil, Iraq. Then I, um, I they moved me to Arizona, Davis Mountain, uh, Air Force Base in Tucson. And uh, from there, I got sent to Iraq again, Kirkuk, Iraq. Okay. And um, at this point, I had been a cop for about five and a half years. And so they had this thing where okay. you could cross-train and change your job. So I, I cross-trained in the contract then, which is like a buyer for the Air Force. And um, when I did that, they moved me to North Carolina. So, and then from, okay. North, from North Carolina, I got deployed to Qatar. Uh, so, and then while my time there, I went to Germany, Spain, Kuwait, Dude, that's you know, so a couple cool. of different places. And then- That's so cool. Yeah, man. Then stateside, I think I've been, I went back to Georgia. I got to teach at the University of Georgia. I talked to ROTC cadets. So that was a cool gig. And then now I'm um, in LA. Um, uh, okay. doing some space stuff out here. So I'm actually, dude, I'm that's actually really cool. Space Force right now. So it's, it's weird. It's that's weird cool, time. man. Uh, the reason I asked, my dad was in the Air Force and uh, I grew up on Guam. Oh, man. That's so, awesome. yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I was wondering if you'd ever been to Guam because there's a massive Air Force base there. That's actually how my dad um, got into things. He, he was touring um, with the Air Force got over to Guam, decided he was going to stay. And that's where I grew up. So Yeah. So the, with me, man, my wife, she tried to get me to go overseas. I told her, I was like, listen, when you've been to Iraq, when you've been overseas for like a deployment, you want to come back to America. I mean, people in America <laughs> do not realize how good we have it. And I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, man, that's like, that's why I never really put in to be stationed overseas because if I do get deployed, I want to be able to come back, come back home, come back to yeah, America. Yeah, of course. So, so I, I never course, did a duty overseas mainly because of that reason. So, gotcha. But, but you cool, know, you man. bring up a couple of points. So you was like how I'm, how I'm following my dreams and stuff now. And so that's actually a good transition to kind of what we want to talk about today, because for me, I actually, so my understanding is, you know, you're, you're a preacher kid, so you grew up in the faith. Me, I kind of grew up in the faith, but then I lost it, especially getting deployed to Iraq, right? And so I was an atheist for a while, and what, what actually brought me back was me following my dreams. So it's this motivational speaker named Eric Thomas. I'm not sure you're familiar yep, with him. Very familiar. Yeah. No, I'm very familiar with him. So, I love Eric Thomas. Yeah, so I started I love listening. him. Have you seen him live? Uh, I have not seen him live. I, I want to. Gosh, I, I want to. The uh, energy he brings to a room is just amazing. Yeah. So I started listening to him, right? And I didn't realize that he also a preacher. Um, so he, he's he's uh, pretty heavy in his ministry at his church. And so that was the only way I could even hear about God. Like I, nobody could mm-hmm. even tell me about God. That's how I had just made up in my mind he wasn't real. And so as I was listening to Eric Thomas and start applying the stuff that he would do, and I realized he was a pastor, I was like, well, look, maybe I should really look at how I look at the Bible. And so everything that I knew about the Bible was what I learned in church or what somebody taught me. But then once I start applying the stuff that Eric Thomas teaches and actually reading the Bible for myself, 
that's when I started coming back around. And so, and that's when I started chasing my dreams. I actually wrote a book as well. Uh, I actually got my own app for the Blessimony podcast. All these things I've done since Dude, I've been in. That's awesome. And so, uh, and so that's that's my story. But I, I want to transition to your story of, you know, just kind of hear how, you know, you grew up in the faith and now it's kind of the opposite. And but you're still successful. You're still doing big things. Yeah. And so so let, yeah. let let's kind of dive into that. Absolutely. And and audience dream catchers, I want you to hear something right uh, off camera. What you don't understand is the conversation that both of us have had, which is, hey, listen, um, I my podcast is primarily focused on the Christian faith, and this is the direction that we go. And I was very frank. I was very much like, hey, listen. Uh, I am not a Christian. I'm highly spiritual, though. I believe there is a, a higher being. I believe in the spirituality of your body is only a portion of who you are. There's more to John Bourgeois than just what you can pinch, what you can feel, all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, I'd love to jump on the show with you and, and have a conversation. And so to jump into your question, um, yeah, man, I grew up. I grew up as, not only did I grow up as a preacher's kid, but I grew up as, my dad was an evangelistic, uh, or evangelist, and, and a missionary. And so the reason he got out of the military was because the pastor that was in Guam, the church that they were going to, the guy was done. He was like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm going back to the States. I can't handle this anymore. And just up and left the church. And so my dad then went, well, this isn't, this isn't fair. Like somebody has got to pass this thing. And so he stepped in and it was with, it was always with this notion of like, I'm going to pass through this until a real pastor comes along. And then once the real pastor comes along, then I'll hand it over to him. And I'll go ahead and um, I'll go on with the rest of my career or whatever, right? Because he was a dentist. Well, growing up, that never happened. Mm. My dad pastored that church for 30 years. I also watched my dad, um, especially at the time that I was growing up, you had your Calvary chapels, you had your, um, I think they were, what was it, uh, Vineyard, you had uh, Hillsong. All those type of churches were, were getting big, right? Mm. And so my dad really wanted to go ahead and build that version, but for the islands um, and be able to have church plants in those different islands. So I spent almost every other summer going to different outer islands and doing um, camps and things where we were bringing people to these camps and, and night rallies and all of that sort of stuff. So that's what I grew up with it. Um, after, after high school, Uh, Well, let's, before we go there, um, before high school, you know, because I grew up with my parents and in the church, very religious at the time, very much believed in the Christian faith. And as a preacher's kid, you get this notion of I'm being told what to do. um, And when do I get the, when do I get to choose what I want to do? Then so in high school, I had this kind of fallen out, backsliding, whatever you want to call it, right? Where it was just like, you know what? I'm going to make my own choices. I'm going to do what I want to do. And you can, like, I'm, I'm done hearing what my parents have to say, right? I mean, we all go through that, whether it's the church or not the church, we all go through that same movement of some sort at some point in our life. Mm-hmm. And so 
my dad made a very smart decision. He knew if he sent me off to college uh, straight out of high school, I was going to just party probably my life away. And so he made the decision, you know what, I'm going to have you take a year off. You're going to go and help a church for an entire year. You're going to volunteer. You're going to be a part of their programs. You're going to do everything like that, but you won't be doing it in my church. You'll be doing it somewhere else. I got the pleasure and honor of being able to uh, spend a year with Hillsong down in Sydney, Australia. Mm. And I loved it, man. I was working with inner kids. Uh, I was working with the homeless. I was working with uh, middle school and high school and just absolutely loving it. But before I did that, I made this commitment like six months into doing it because I knew growing up, I knew how to fake. You know what I mean? I knew how to act the part, but not really be the part. So I knew how to fake. Then there was always this notion of John is this person in the closet per se, you want to call it that or whatever, where he does all these things. But when everybody else is looking, he's that, you know, the preacher's kid. He does the right stuff. He believes this and that and this and that. And so I made a decision when I was at Hillsong. I said, you know what? This, I was talking to God. Uh, this is your last chance, man. If, if you're real, you can prove yourself. And if you're not, I mean, I'm going to walk away from this uh, internship. It was nice knowing you. And I'm glad that I was able to help a few people, but I'm gone. Yeah. And I, I did have a, a, a spiritual encounter there like a massive spiritual encounter where I felt things fall off of me that I didn't even know had on me. Right. And so I spent the next seven years in Australia helping this church pretty much doing like my full-time job, 40, 50 hours a week, mm -hmm. and then volunteering 40, 50 hours a week for this church. Man, and I loved it, man. Like loved it. And then we made the decision, uh, my fiance at the time, we made a decision that, you know what, we're going to move to the U.S. We were expecting our first child and we wanted to move to the U.S. And so I moved to the U.S. and basically picked up exactly what I was doing in Australia, but picked up the exact same thing now in Southern California. Now I was working a full-time corporate job. And then I was also, there was this startup church that we were a part of that we knew the people back in Australia that I was like, you know what, I'm going to throw myself in and I'm going to do the exact same thing. So I was working, you know, 50 hours a week on both sides of things, building this startup church, doing the corporate gig. And then um, right around the five-year mark in Southern California, we made the decision that we wanted to move to Seattle, be a little bit closer to family who was up here, have the kids, exact same thing, moved up here. Um, I'm working a corporate gig and uh, we've got another startup church that we found. We throw ourselves into it. I'm serving on each, each, at each level, we're doing different things. So like in Sydney, I'm doing youth ministry in uh in southern california i'm doing youth ministry and this hybrid coffee industry because that was the industry that i was in yeah and then when i moved up here i was solely focused on the marketing side of things for the church as well as the coffee industry and just given you know blood sweat and tears along the way the, that entire way i am i guess you could call like 
a firm believer. I, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm doing all that. I'm tithing. I'm doing all the stuff that quote unquote is a Christian. And, and I'm thinking, and about four years ago, I hit rock bottom, man. Mm. My relationship that I'd been in for 13 years, uh, um, completely went sideways. Um, I went from having everything to sleeping in a 700 bed, uh, ashamed to even bring my kids to the apartment the one day a week that I got to see them because I didn't want them to see how far dad had fallen. Uh, lost my job. Everybody at the church uh, that I had built relationships and sown relationships into, and I'm talking all three churches that I'd spent years upon years upon years of sowing into, no longer wanted to chat with me because divorcee was now labeled on me. You know what I mean? Wow. And I went through four years of depression, man, honestly. No, no, let's roll that back. Three years of depression would probably be what it was. Three years, uh, yeah, three years of depression is what it probably was. And what I came to the realization of in those three years is I, and this is coming full circle, is that I had grown up with this notion that I wasn't worthy and that I wasn't good enough. Hmm. And when I realized that those were some deep-seated limiting beliefs and that they were actually birthed out of how I was raised. You see, how I was raised, and this is different than the church is today, but how I was raised was very much a 60s, 70s movement, which is, listen, you're going to mess up. You're the worst person in the entire world. Uh, you know, you're going to fail. You're going to sin. You're going to have all the shortcomings, blah, 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 blah. You're not good enough for God's love. But the really cool, he still is going to take care of you. Even if you backslide, even if you fail. I don't believe that I'm unworthy of my dreams. I don't believe that I'm unworthy or not good enough. And if, and if the notion was birthed out of the Christian faith, then I don't want to be a part of that, especially now that I'm going through rock bottom and the people that I've sown, you know, 15 years into now don't even want to talk to me because of some quote unquote label that was on me. Yeah. And so that's where it moved from, you know what? I believe there's higher, uh, I believe that there's greatness for everybody. I believe that there's a spiritual element. I believe all of that. Is it per se the Christian faith? Dude, I don't know. No. Mm. Hey, so real quick, on my end, it's starting to kind of like blurry up. Is it, it are, are you good on your end? Yeah, man. Okay. I'm totally good on my end. Okay, so I'm just going to keep rolling with it. And then if I can just get cool, the audio man. from you, then we'll go from there. But um, so, man, you said a lot of stuff, man. And I just kind of want to just hop in here because, and I promise that, you know, that we wouldn't do make this of, you know, this is what I believe, this is what you believe, and this is the right way, the wrong way. But uh, yeah, of a, course, lot of, man. a lot of, of course. things yeah, that, yeah. Um, that you said, brother, 
that's a lot of the reasons why I stopped believing in God as well. I mean, like almost down to the T, man. And what and what I found a lot of people who have believed and typically stop believing, nine times out of ten, it was kind of what people did. And that and at least that was the case for me. And that was the case for a lot of people I spoke to, right? And so like matter of fact, I just said like this. Me and my mom really actually just got into this uh I don't even want to say an argument or a debate or whatever, but basically, but basically, <laughs> uh, the pastor that she goes to said something that I just completely didn't agree with. And I'm not going to say this pastor's yeah. name because he's a very big pastor. He's on TV, you know, uh, so, but you know where I'm from. So you could probably guess who the pastor is if you put two and two together. Yeah, but, I probably can. I mean, the amount of years that I've been in everything, I probably can. But, but, so. it, but he says something <laughs> that was very subtle. And it sounds good, but I was like, that is just not the truth whatsoever. And so I was explaining to her biblically how what he said wasn't not the truth, but she still was finding a way to what defend. If you, mind, if you don't mind letting me know, what did, what specifically did he say? I'm curious. So, this, so what he said was, especially with this whole coronavirus stuff going on, he said, he said, God never told you to come to him about your problems. He told you to go to your problems about how big your God is. And again, that may sound, because basically he was coming from a viewpoint of because of what Jesus did, we had this authority now that we could speak to our problems and we could speak. Basically, I can rebuke my problems in the name of Jesus. And so because of that, he's saying as Christians, we shouldn't be coming to God crying and asking him to take away our problems, take away this coronavirus or whatever the case may be when we've already got the authority to do it in the name of Jesus. And I was like, there's some small, Mm. slight, very subtle truth to that. But the reality of it is there's tons (laughs) of examples in the Bible where people cried out to God. Literally, Paul cried out to him. I mean, Jesus himself, Jesus himself did it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Exactly. And that's exactly what I said. That's that's one of the examples I use again. and, And so... So I, I bring that I bring that up to say that a lot of times, a lot of stuff that we hear in church, what we learn in church are like traditions and man may like tithing. I don't believe that we should be tithing, but a lot of churches preach that. Preach that. Uh, and so long story mm. short for me, long story short for me is I realized that the reason why I wasn't believing, it wasn't because of what the Bible actually said or what Jesus actually taught. It was it was really because of what people had done to me or how people acted. And um, and and it's and it's a sad it's a sad thing because that that's why I think what we're doing here is important because it it tells you in the Bible that love is what's gonna bring somebody near. But when people disagree with stuff, it's like, oh, you're a bigot or I hate you or you just you you can't love me because mm-hmm. we don't view the same. And I, I just don't believe that. And so and yeah. so for me, man, what I had to do, I just had to start looking at it for myself. And I started realizing that the stuff that that I was taught, it, it, it just wasn't it just wasn't true. It wasn't backed up biblically, you know. And so when I've realized those things, mm. that's kind of what changed for me. But uh, you said something like um you know, you're not good enough and this and that. And that's kind of, that's kind of where it came in at, but, but somehow God will still take care of you. And, and to, to an extent, I would agree, like for me personally, for Rico, I would agree that before I came to Christ, I wasn't good at all. I was on some, some other stuff. I was a, I was a completely bad person, you know, (laughs) right. But, 
but uh but because because of like the commandments or the laws or whatever the case may be it made me realize that so at, 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 while i was doing certain stuff i was doing i didn't think it was bad like i was cheating on women you know i could care less about it you know i was doing just just random stuff or whatever and, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. i never felt bad about it but i think what the bible does is show you that hey there's a better way the way you're doing things is probably not in your best interest and you know, and here's how you can start living better. And so for me, that's just what I did. I just I found that once I started believing I was a better person, not that I wasn't good enough or whatever the case may be. It's just that now I do feel I am, I am a, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm mm-hmm. a better you know leader in the military just from the values that I learned or whatever. But man, yeah, that's tough. I I, I hate to hear that because I went through depression too, man. I really did. I went through a phase. Yeah, I think I think the the values that you're talking about with with your faith is I think I do not think they can be discounted at all. I think it's something that you have to have. But when I look back at my journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When I look back at my journey, it wasn't just people that uh kind of left me high and dry. There are, have been countless times where I have called out to God, called out to Jesus mm. and asked for him to show himself, show himself the way he showed to Paul, show, show up the way he showed up for my parents, show up, show up in any way, which way or that. I mean, I'm, I, as a kid, I can remember specifically praying for the Elisha and Elijah miracle where, listen, Outside, make the grass uh, wet, but make this garment dry. Make this garment wet, make that grass dry. Like vice versa, you know? And I've never, truthfully, I've never seen him show up. Yeah. Yeah, so I... I, I, And so that's that's tough for me to... I I was having this conversation with somebody else uh, just recently. It's tough for me. I, I relate it to this. It's tough for me to believe in Santa Claus mm-hmm. if when I ask him to come down the chimney and eat the cookies, he doesn't do it. Yeah. If he comes down the chimney, guess what? I'm going to leave the cookies and the milk out. I'm going to make sure I'm on the nice list, all of that sort of stuff, right? But I think there's a, there's a, 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 a fine balance, at least for myself, of blindly believing even if you don't have any evidence of any sort and even the moments where you've been like listen show up just show yourself in the smallest way show yourself so that i know that i'm going down the right path and when when i am vulnerable humble and trying to do that and nothing happens that's where it gets tough for me yeah yeah i so so yeah, I went through that same exact thing. And so I'm gonna I'm come, I'm gonna throw a couple of things out there for, for what for what happened yeah, man. in my absolutely. life. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So one one of the biggest things I do like uh, so I have kids that live in Atlanta, you know, because I was divorced before. Um, so I went through the whole okay. divorce thing too. Um, and so what I've been doing for them is um, we've been doing like WebEx and um, video teleconferences on every Saturday morning. And um, I know that my ex dad, he's a um, I think he's a Jehovah Witness, and so I'm not. I'm not a Jehovah Witness, and so I know that he's probably teaching my kids some of that stuff. So what I've been doing for them is showing them 
well, basically teaching them what I believe, but then telling them that you got to make this decision for yourself. And so last Absolutely. week, last week, what we, the topic was, can I trust the Bible? Is there evidence in the Bible? And I'm not going to share what I talked to them about, but I gave them this long list of just evidence and different things in the Bible, which I probably gave them too much because it was like over an hour. <laughs> so they probably like blacked out. But anyway, so, but to answer, to get to your question and what happened for me. So I went through that phase too. So like I said, I grew up in the church a little bit and my grandma showed me, told me about Christ and I went to the Sunday schools and I went to the camps and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I went through a phase mm-hmm. where I was like, mm-hmm. God, you got to come and show me, you got to do this and do that. And when he didn't, I was like, he's not real. And I actually, I'll talk mm. about it in my book. Uh, my book is like my whole life story, but each chapter is mm. a, a Bible scripture and it tells how that how my life was backed up by the Bible. And so uh, when I got to mm. this point in my life, it was about seeking Christ because the Bible tells you if you seek Christ, you'll find him, right? And so so mm. I get how somebody who may say, I seeked him and I, he didn't come, I just can't believe no more. So anyhow, I went through that phase and what I realized was one uh, it also tells us that um, it's impossible to please God without faith, right? And so I think mm-hmm. in those old times where they were doing all those miracles and stuff, one, those people who were doing that stuff, they had some type of level of faith, but also there was a certain, like they were trying to bring Jesus into play, right? Jesus wasn't here. So a lot of these miracles would happen just to prove God was who he said he was, right? And But yep. I, but, but one thing I would say is this. I got to a point where I realized, I'm like, you know what? If God, if Jesus himself came to me and was like, Rico, I'm Jesus, I'm real, this and that. If he appeared to me, I, I would even still not believe that because the Bible also tells us that Satan come like an angel of light, right? So then I started thinking, was that really the devil who came to me? Was it really God? Like I was like, I would still not believe. And so what happened for me when I started seeking Christ, when I when I actually really was like, I got to a point, I was like, okay, like I said, I listened to Eric Thomas. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go extra hard, 100%, read it, study it, seek him, pray. And then I was like, you, if, if he don't reveal himself, and I'm done too, right? And so the way the way he revealed himself to me was one, I wasn't even thinking about him. And I was trying to create this other app. And then my grandma, my granddad had, had posted posted this thing, uh, this Bible scripture. And I was like, man, yeah, right. That's not real. Can, can any of y'all show me how that actually happened in your lives? And so then my mom showed me how it happened in her life. My brother showed me how it happened in her life. And so I kind of had to eat crow on that case well anyway <laughs> long story short right uh long story short i was um i had the idea for the blessing app and a, a guy uh quoted me like eighty thousand dollars to do it and he was like he was basically like i wouldn't do it christian apps don't make their money back you're gonna go in debt blah 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 and so that's when i had kind i came with like a similar prayer like what you did i was like god you know what if you're real and if you if you're really calling because I feel like I feel like you're calling me to do this, but I'm not hundred percent sure, right? And so I'm like, if you're really real and then you're really calling me to do it, I need you to make a way uh, on how to make this happen. Long story short, I was able to get my app up for like three hundred dollars. I was able to get my website hmm. up. He just made a way. But what I found was is when when he, when you seek him, it's not gonna be something. Well, I won't say it's not gonna be because I it probably happened for some people. I can't speak for everybody else, but for me, when I when I seeked after him, what I saw was I would read something in the Bible and then it, I could see how it relates in my life. 
And then I would read something or whatever, and then somebody from some random person would just tell me the same thing or something similar that reminds me of it. It was kind of like it was God's way of showing me that, hey, you got to have faith to believe in me, but I'm also going to send you evidence. And so another thing I did was I started looking at, like right now, the fact that me and you having this conversation, I went, when I was in SOS, it's like a leadership school for uh, captains. When I, yep. when I went to yep. that, uh, we had Bible, they had a Bible study there, but they also had an atheist study there. So I went and kicked it with the atheist guys. You know, I went, I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't have any biases. So, you know, tell me why y'all believe the way you believe and why you think the way you think and this and that. And, mm. and, and so I basically went on this long journey of looking at people, like even scientists who say they believe in God and then scientists who don't believe in God and hear their thoughts. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. looked at atheist thoughts. I looked at Christian thoughts. And what I started finding was God just started showing me, he started showing me the stuff that I was studying and reading. It started actually manifesting in my life. It started happening in my life. And like the whole thing with the blessing money thing, I was like, man, that was literally, I'm not a technical guy. I'm not an app guy. I'm not none of this, but it was no, I, I literally went from not believing in God to three months later, uh, start having all these confirmations in my life and having the uh, Bible and having my blessing on the app uh, come 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 happen where I, there was no way I can make it happen myself. And I get that that's not something that's like hard proof of other people. And, and again, mm-hmm. and again, I have list of things that you know that can show that this is fact. But that's not what this this conversation about. I don't want to go into all that. But I will say there are things that people who believe in Christ say is evidence of Christ. And and, mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and I shared that for about an hour with my kids. But then there's also that mm-hmm. part where you got to have faith too, where it's like, he's not going to answer everything. He's not going to show everything. But what I firmly believe in my heart is that if you, if you start seeking him with like a, with the open mind, cause I was, like I said, I was like, I'm seeking you, but I'm also going to look at evidence against you. And what I found, mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. found was that it was evidence for it. So that was just me. Yeah, and I'm curious, man, because this is where when you and I originally started having a conversation, this is where I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Okay. Okay. So you went ahead and you kicked it with the atheists. You also kicked it with the Christians, right? Mm-hmm. To try to get a feel for both. Again, it, uh, it's not that I don't believe there's a God. I also don't believe, it's not also that I don't not believe that there is an evil power of some sort, um, all of that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm curious, would you be open to, you know, kind of looking at other religions and seeing, because my problem is not if there is a God, my problem is the name that Christianity gives God, right? Yeah. So, would you be open to going and saying, you know what, I'm going to look at, you know, Jehovah Witnesses. I'm going to look at uh, the Muslim faith. I'm going to look at the Hindu faith. I'm going to look at, you know, the Quran. I'm going to look at every other definition of what God is. Yeah. And I'm going to have that conversation and figure out is, is God, are, are we looking at God on just one little lens and we're calling that lens Christianity when God is actually this massive amount and maybe each religion has a different lens of him that we just don't realize that we're looking at the same God? Yeah, yeah. so I actually did that too. So one, one, one of the things I did was um, I got a book called 
I'm probably going to butcher the title of it, but it's like Christianity, <laughs> cults, and religions. And then, so basically in this book, right, okay. it talks about most of the popular religions and what they believe, why they believe, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got an uncle who's a, who's a Muslim guy who honestly was part of the reason why I stopped believing because all the men in my life, especially the ones who claim they were Christians, were not living like they were Christians. But my yeah. uncle... My yeah. uncle who loved his wife, never cheated on his wife. He's a Muslim and he, and, and, and so I'm like, man, I'm following Christianity and all the Christians I know are horrible, but the guy who followed Islam, he's, he's, he's probably the best role model I have. Uh, so, mm. so I would talk to him about, about that. A lot. We have a lot of talks about that. My uh, ex-wife, her dad's Jehovah witness. So I talked to them almost for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about where I live, but almost all of my neighbors are uh, Mormons. And so, yep. and so, and so, and if you know anything about Mormon, they're some of the nicest people in the world, man. And so they like, are, like for they the are. first time in my life, I went Christmas caroling and it was because my Mormon friends <laughs> invited me. And after we finished Christmas caroling, we went back to the house and they shared some stuff that they believe. And, and again, I'm willing to talk to anybody and I'm willing to hear anything. Yeah, of course. But so, but so in my search and my journey, I did look at other religions. I did study other religions. I asked people about other religions and here's where where I lean towards Christianity and why. Okay. And, and again, it's not. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, I'm interested. So basically, although a lot of those religions, it was kind of one, it's, it's like, especially like with Islam, it's kind of like uh, segregated. You know, it's like only a certain type of people can be saved, only a certain type of people can go to heaven. So, one, especially with me, my wife is half white, half Mexican, my kids are mixed. And so, uh, with me, anything that's talk division and segregation that's I, I can't believe it because th- if there is a god then he's the god of everybody so how can everybody yeah, not possibly be saved right and so that was that yeah. was one factor where it's like if, if, if you're not telling me if it's not a way for everybody to get to heaven then that doesn't that doesn't jive well with me and so in christianity there is a way for everybody to get to heaven and it's just a matter of accepting what Jesus had already done for you. So that was that was point mm-hmm. that was point one. Um, the other thing I did was I looked at like like again I looked at evidence and stuff. So there's a guy named J. Jonah Wallace. I'm not sure you're familiar with him, but he's like a not familiar. He's no. a uh, ex police detective who was an atheist. Okay. Um, he he investigates cold cases. And so what he does, what what he did was he was like, okay, he's an atheist, so he's going to prove that the Gospels were wrong by investigating them the same way he investigated his cold cases. Well, long story short, when he started investigating those co- the, the Gospels, he started realizing that, hold on, wait a minute, there is, there's probably some truth to this. He became a Christian. And so I would, I would mm-hmm. look, I would look at stuff like that where people would show their evidence. And so when you look at like, uh, the way we learn anything about history, the way we learn about Abraham Lincoln, the way we learn about Julius Caesar and all this kind of stuff, if you apply those same things to how we, what we know about Jesus, the evidence, the same type of evidence we have to learn about, about any of those historical figures, we have almost triple, quadruple more times evidence that teach about this person whose name was Jesus, who people worship, who the Romans crucified. And, you know, and so basically what, what I boiled down to was that the evidence when I start looking, and if you want, I can share it with you offline. I can just see, I can see you, the, mm. I can see you the outline that I, that I taught with over my kids and you can just investigate it for yourself. But anyhow, mm. the evidence that when I start looking at the evidence, it was a lot more evidence to point towards Jesus being who he said he was 
uh, compared to how I learned anything else about history. And if Jesus is who he said he was and he believed in the Bible, then that, that's where I was like, I'm going to believe in what the Bible says and not anything outside the Bible. So like when it comes to like Jehovah Witness and Mormons, like to me, if there's a God and if, and so those religions, they believe in parts of the Bible, but not all of the Bible. And so the yep. reason why, yep. the reason why I couldn't follow those is because if any part of the Bible is wrong, then all of it's wrong. If I can't believe yeah, any of piece of it, then all of it's wrong. So I'm not going to go to the book of Mormon to, to show, to show proof that, to, to basically complement the, the Bible as well. It's like, if the Bible is the word of God, that's what it is. And so that's kind of what knocked out Jehovah Witness and Mormons because they use like, uh, they, they believe in the, the same Bible we believe in, but some parts of it is corrupted or wrong. And so they go to an outside source. And so I got in my mm. head that if there is a devil, if there is a God and there is a devil, then all these religions that Satan, you know, our Bible teaches that he's he's a mimicker. He he knows the Bible well because he was an angel or whatever, right? So if this person actually does exist, then it makes sense that there's gonna be other religions that are very close that make that 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 may sound true, but then it may have some piece of lie, kind of like what the pastor said the other day, yesterday. It was like, yeah, we got yeah. authority under Jesus, but. God never told you to come talk to him. No, he never said that. And so that's that's kind of how it was for me. It was like I basically had to I had to basically find out why can I trust the Bible, and and then once I feel like once I realized I could trust the Bible, it made it easier for me to trust in God. But if I couldn't trust the Bible, like if the Bible was wrong, then I can't trust in God. And that's and and so that that's basically what I did for each religion. You know, like with Islam, they're very big on like. Only certain people are going. Only people who believe this way are going. Jehovah Witness the same way. They believe a certain number of people are going to heaven. And so for me, it makes absolutely no sense that there's no way of salvation for everybody. And with Christianity, yeah. there is a way of salvation for everybody. Like what you hear so far? This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. You can support the show by purchasing a copy of the Blessed Money book or apparel on Amazon.com. The proceeds help us to continue to deliver the Blessed Money ministry. You can continue the conversation on blessedmoney.com or on the Blessed Money app, available on both Apple and Google's Play Store. We would love to hear your thoughts on the show or your testimony on today's scripture. Thank you for your support. And now back to the show. Show, show, show. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I would be interested in seeing whatever you showed your kids, man. Because, yeah. like I said, for me, um, for me specifically, I look at Christianity as one type of food. Mm -hmm. Um, and I go ahead and I understand that there is a positive and there is a negative energy out there, man. Yeah. Like I understand there is a, a good force and an evil force. And, and one of the reasons why I understand that and don't just chuck it up to, you know, atheism or whatever is because I grew up seeing the evil forces that we don't even talk about. I grew up seeing that stuff in the outer islands and watching black magic happen mm -hmm. and watching curses be put on people and be, and I, I know that in everything in life, there's polar opposites. So if there's an opposite where it is very dark, very, uh, 
evil is the best word to describe it. If there's that, then there has to be the opposite of that because that is the way that our world works. Yeah. And if there's death, there's life. If there is night, there's day. I mean, there's, there's polar opposites. That's where our entire existence is built on. And so for me, I know without a shadow of doubt, there is an upper being that created, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's got to be something, whether it's even the inside of you that's decaying and evil, then there's got to be something like that as well. But I am leery to limit myself to one type of cuisine when, the, in my opinion, God might be way larger than we even expect. Yeah. And maybe I'm missing, if all I ate was, you know, mashed potatoes and turkey, then I never know what steak, chicken, sushi, spaghetti, you know, all the other dishes that are amazing and that are good for you, I would miss out on those opportunities and miss out on really truthfully understanding what spirituality is, what God is, what evil is, what is prayer. In my definition, prayer is truthfully meditation. It's sitting still. It's, it's being in the moment. It is being thankful for what you have. It is going ahead and asking for the things that you want. It is seeing the future before it happens and making that be a reality like that in your definition would be prayer and my definition would be meditation and in my definition of what god is in the universe is that that force that is already in you because you're you are made of if you want to say you're made of god or you're a part of god or god made you in his image mm -hmm. yeah i'm a firm believer that you are the same energy that is god is being inside of you and therefore if you are open to having that conversation with that energy with that god with that higher being then that higher being will have that conversation but no more than i would call you mike and assume that your name is mike and keep saying oh mike you're such a good guy I love your podcast love your app like all of that you'd be like john my name thanks thanks for all the praise i love all the praise but my name is not mike yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's interesting. I, I, I get it. You know, uh, I, I see a lot of similarities in, 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 in where you're at right now and where I was because my grandma, one of the things that kind of made me held on to my faith when I really lost it all, uh, because I can tell you, man, going to Iraq, uh, the media paint Muslims one way, but when I went to Iraq, and saw how they how they yeah. operated, it was completely different. Yeah. And so uh, so yeah. that really bothered me. But the thing that I held on to, I remember my grandma telling me, um, it was this, it's this, it was a famous singer. I'm not gonna say her name because I don't want to, you know, have any copyright <laughs> issues or whatever. But before, before she was famous, not be able to air the episode, not be air, able to air the episode because yeah. uh, you said somebody's name. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but anyhow, she's a famous R&B singer. And before she was famous, she went to school with uh, with my auntie's best friend. So they were all like, oh, okay, girls cool. that kind of hung out with each other, whatever. Well, my grandma was saying that she was possessed by demons, a, a family mm -hmm. of demons. And one Thanksgiving, these demons were, were were revealing themselves and talking to you know whatever. And so she told me that whole story. And it's you know as a kid, of course, it scared me. But also, I'm like, well, you know, that's the one 
uh, thread of faith I had to hold on to. Cause I'm like, why would my grandma make something up like this? She was saying how the demons were telling her, telling them that they're gonna make this girl famous. And then they're gonna take everything from her to where she's so depressed, she ended up killing herself. And they were like, mm. about, a, about a year later, they saw her on TV doing what she's do now. And so anyhow, mm. that, that story that they was telling me uh, that's what really I held on to. Kind of like you, how you saw the black magic and this and that kind of stuff. I held on to that that piece. That was a little bit of faith that I, I held on to because uh, I just didn't feel like my grandma would lie to me about something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyhow, mm-hmm. but um, uh, so I see similarities and kind of, you know, what what we think and what we believe. And I and I get the whole thing about trying the other foods and trying, you know, that that's, that's cool. My only question would be for you is, what do you think happens after you die though? You know, because if there is an evil and there is a good, that means there's a truth and then there's yeah. a there's wrong. And so how do you how do you determine what's how do you determine your your truth if if there's if everything is truth? Because if everything is truth, right, or so so I guess what do you how do of, you of course what what is your view on life after death? Yeah. So first off, I want to, I want to say this, I have no clue (laughs) what happens after death at all. Right. Let me just say that to begin with, because what I'm about to say is something that, um, I just came to a a very interesting, if you want to call it revelation, you can call it revelation or whatever. Um, but I just came to this realization, of, uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story of it, but I have no clue, man. And I, and it's the same question that I'm asking you when, when I say, how do you know his name is Jesus? It's the same thing of, you know, I, I wonder how much of what humanity thinks is the afterlife or is God or isn't God or is the devil or isn't the devil, how much of it when we get to the end of our lives, are we going to realize, man, we had some of it, right? We just didn't have the entire thing. Because I mean, if you are a Christian or you believe the way that I believe, like either way, you understand that God or the higher being or the universe is way larger than we can even fathom. Mm -hmm. And for our brain, it's almost like talking to a one-year-old and the one-year-old trying to understand the adult's life, but not fully getting it because they don't know the vastness of their parents' life because they're only one. And the scope of their world is what they've seen in their one years. Mm. So to answer your question, um, I did this exercise that's called a death exercise. Um, it sounds morbid. It's not. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's what some of the... Um, if you look back at South America, it's what some of these guys did as well. I did it minus the ayahuasca, um, which is typically what you have to have in order to do the exercise. Mm-hmm. But simply put for your listeners and for any of the dream, quickly go ahead, close your eyes. Then you just go ahead and imagine that it's your funeral. And you're dead, and the dirt is being clo- uh, thrown on your casket, and you're in the casket, and you know you you play out the entire episode 
of what's going or what's happening. And I came to the, you know, the afterlife is, if you want to call it that, or what happens after death. And because, so I had to actually do it three times, two times because I couldn't finish the episode uh, because, or the exercise, because literally uh, as I am, the dirt's closing in and it's completely dark in this uh, coffin and I can feel my throat starting to close. I can't breathe anymore. I'm losing air and I'm just freaking out. And this is fear, this, this ang- anxiousness, this anxiety, this, this not knowing what comes next. And the best way for me to describe it is this darkness that was just like encapsulating me, right? Like this, this darkness where I was inside of it and yet I had no clue what was, I was so afraid because I didn't know what the next thing was going to happen. And it was the unknown that was extremely scary. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was this dark element. And, and the two times that I did it, I came into that exact same dark element of just this, this entirely fearful, panicking, stressing out, um, just not knowing what was happening next. Mm. In your definition, that very well might be called hell. Right. Mm. Yeah. Because it was just this constant, in my brain, it was this constant loop of just absolute fear, like not being able to see anything, just completely freaked out of my mind. Again, I'm not on drugs when I'm doing this exercise. Let's make sure that's clear, okay? Yeah. Like I'm just using my brain, which is super powerful, um, to visualize that. Then on the third time of doing the exercise, I made the decision as I'm playing out the scene, I made the decision to just relax and to just allow whatever happens to happen and just flow with it and just be okay with it. And the weirdest thing happened when I got to the point that had been freaking me out so much when I got to the point where I felt like I couldn't breathe, my brain opened up and it started to remind me that a couple of things. One, when we die, we're not dead. Our body might be gone, but we're not dead. Who we know to be is dead, but who we are is not dead. And I know that's a huge, that's a big concept. Yeah. If, you, if you don't study spirituality or Christianity, like that's a big concept to think. But let me break it down to very simple for you to understand. You came from something. And what I mean is if you study fish, dogs, cats, if you study dirt, if you studied even what's the, the, like the planets are made of and the human body, we're all created from the same elements, the same structure. We're all created in a different way, but we're all created from the same elements, mm-hmm. right? So if you're coming from that, this unknown, this void, and then mom, dad have their their fun night, and then the next thing you know, nine months later, you're here, right? Yeah. And if you're coming from that and then you're dying, well, when you die, the really cool thing is you actually return through all of the elements that you are dying. As you decay, your body is being returned back 
to this earth. Your body's being returned back to, um, you know, what it is that is still life, what it is that is still joy. And so let me explain what, so I explained the darkness that I felt. The next thing, when I release the fact of, I don't know what happens. When I release the fact of, I don't know what that next step is. I almost felt this light being pulled through the coffin that I was in and was being pulled. And I watched the light being pulled through the plant roots and then up through the tree and then up through the leaves of the tree. And then I suddenly I'm out of inside of this open meadow where these trees are at and I'm coming out as this light. And the best way to describe it is I realized that I've moved from John, this, this physical human form that I am to now I'm actually this light. And it was this, it was the warmest, the blissest feeling, the happiest, the most joyful, the most um, secure feeling I ever felt. Mm. And I almost kind of got sucked up into like the sun and into the light. And just like, I realized that as I die, when my ticket is up and I'm in the coffin, I'm not dead anymore. I'm just returning back to the form that I was before my parents made me. And I'm returning back to continue my life, whether it be, you know, coming through a tree or whether it be just the particles of light that are around us in general, like I'm there, but I get to make that decision mm. of what are you, wh where are you going to be? Are you going to be in the moment of utter fear and panic and you have no clue what's the next steps and you're void and you're alone and you're depressed? Or are you going to release that and step into, I guess you would call the best way for me to describe it. And again, I just did this like last week or the week after. So it's super fresh in my mind and I still haven't entirely like aired it out at all. Um, so when, when I try to describe it, it's very raw, but the best way for me to describe it is the difference between darkness, like utter darkness, the type of darkness you do can't even see your hand in front of your face and the difference between literally being beams of light. Mm. So I know that was super long winded to answer your question, Yeah. but yeah, man, that's, I mean, I'm going to probably do that exercise a few more times and see if I get the same experience. But when, when you ask me, what do you think happens after death? I think that's where it is. It's really, you can, in, in my opinion, you can be stuck in this darkness where it's unknown and you don't know what the next steps are and you're afraid and you're fearful. I mean, the coronavirus is a perfect example of what, what we're talking about right now, right? Mm -hmm. You have people that are panicking and losing their minds and the end of the world is happening and they are locked up in their home expecting somebody to break in because that's what they're seeing on the news. And they're living in this literal hell on earth right now because of the coronavirus. Yeah. And you have other people that are going, you know what? I never was guaranteed yesterday or tomorrow. I was never guaranteed next year. I was never guaranteed the year after that. So I'm going to make the most of what I got right now. And I'm going to live in that present moment and just enjoy it. And I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to go after what I have in front of me. I'm going to go after my dreams after my, and for me, man, that's 
when you say what happens after for death, I think you really get a choice. Do you live in that constant state of fear because you have no clue what's next? Mm -hmm. Or do you release it and get a chance to step into understanding that you came from nothing, you're returning to nothing, but even being nothing, you're still in that. And I don't want to, Man, this episode, I, I know I've, I sound, I totally sound very, uh, very interesting would be the word that I say. Uh, but you come back to the Lion King song of the circle of life and, and, yeah. and kind of what I saw, man. I, I know that sounds weird, but that's the best way to describe it for that experience that I had. Now, you know what's funny? It, do, it actually doesn't sound weird to me. I know to people who just don't believe in anything, they probably like both of these dudes <laughs> are off their rockers. But, but both me, of these dudes are on something right now. Yeah. I don't know who shared what and passed it around. They're on something right now. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, man, a lot of what you described is, is, is what described in the bible you know and so that's that's what that's what makes me it just kind of made me laugh smile a little bit even all the way down to the lion king thing you don't understand one i love lion king when i was a kid but two uh okay. watching the lion king there's so much it's kind of like disney was like purposely trying to like subliminally talk about god or whether it is one or not i mean it, it's so many different similarities to yeah. what, what happened in Lion King to what's happening in the Bible. Always, I mean, mm. just, it's so many. So like to where, you know, the scar tries to kill Mufasa, but then the sun comes and, and redeem the land. It, it's weird, right? And so, but what, so I actually had a dream where, where it was like, but you was feeling the first two times when you did it. I had a mm. dream where it was like I was we were kind of like at a carnival or something, but there was like a weird maze thing. And, and and the best way I can describe it was if you actually went through that maze, you were going, it was like a portal to hell or whatever. But like mm. the closer I got to it, the more I couldn't breathe, the more it was mm. dark, the more it it was literally felt like how the Bible would describe describe hell. And so when you were describing it, all I can think back to was how I felt mm. in that in that in that dream. But then also the way you describe like light and being part of the tree the, i'm sure you're you're aware of this because you're a, a preacher's kid but the bible uh use a lot of use trees a lot and use the branch a lot as uh as parables or metaphors to kind of talk about our relationship with god and then also talk about how god's a spirit he's a light but then also talk about how satan comes as an angel of light but a lot of what you were saying with the light and the trees or whatever it could one could say that it will you it may be like an experience we may feel if we went to heaven and so mm -hmm, so so that's mm -hmm. kind of like while i was listening to it it was kind of like man you know a lot of what you're saying uh especially when you said our mind can't understand god and that's true it, it literally can't which is why i believe he gave us the bible for us to know what he wants us to know and what we can mm. be and what we can comprehend or whatever but the fact but you're right like our mind cannot comprehend our mind can't even understand what it's going to be like so once we cross over to that other side it's we're gonna it's probably gonna be nowhere near what our little minds thought <laughs> it was gonna be like right and so yeah. And so I say, I say all that to just, I say all that to basically say though, um, the one thing that I think is missing in the one thing that I think is missing in the whole, that whole experience and, and everything is, it's like our differences between animals and, and every other creation, every other creation. Right. And, and what mm -hmm. I mean by that is 
and, 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 and so for those of you all who do believe in the Bible, uh, basically it tells us like those, um, the 10 commandments was basically like the moral mm -hmm. law. And so whether mm -hmm. you believe in it or not, uh, Christians believe that God wrote that moral law on us. That's kind of what it means to be like we we're made in his image. That's what kind of separates us from like every other creation is the fact that mm -hmm. we have a conscience mm -hmm. and the fact that we had that moral, that moral law in us. Right. And so when a lion, let's just take a lion, for example, eats a gazelle as a human watching that, we're like, Oh, poor gazelle. You know, he's tearing, he's ripping them limb for limb, but the, <laughs> but the lion and the gazelle ain't thinking about, Oh, poor nothing. It's just, no, like, not at all. This is how they, they don't have that, that same conscience. Right. They're thinking, they're thinking I'm having gazelle tonight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm thinking about exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, or, or like, if we see, I mean, just any, any example in nature, like a flower, for example, if we cut the grass and we cut a flower down, it's, that's a living being, but we don't, you know, we don't think twice about that flower dying. Right. And I think the mm -hmm. thing, the thing is, is that we as humans have a conscience and to go back to what you're saying, you saying, when you said, again, a lot of similarities in Christianity, you were like, we have a choice to make. Am I going to live in this fear? Am I going to live in this darkness or whatever? Or am I going to choose to be on, a, on, you know, in the light or be in, on, the, on the other side of it or whatever? And so the reality of it is, is that is exactly what God grants us in a free will. Are you going to mm. choose to do things your way? And be in the absence of me, because all heaven and hell is is well, all hell is is the eternal absence away from from God's presence, right? It, that's what a Christian believes. It's the absence away from God's presence. So you just look at our world now and how crazy it is, right? And we still got mm -hmm. some presence of God. Imagine what it'll mm -hmm. be when you spend eternity completely away from Him. And I, and I believe it's gonna mm -hmm. be something like that darkness, that fear, that scared that you know that, that you know you can barely breathe and you're afraid all the time and or whatever. Or you can choose to say, hey, I'm going to accept to follow Christ or whatever and then experience this different side or whatever. And so, again, not trying to push that on you, but I'm just saying the, your experience is very close to what I believe the choice mm -hmm. we have in the Bible as well. And I just think that choice boils down to uh, that moral law, or that moral conscience that we have in us. And, and based off of how we view that, will determine what choice we make. And so, well, I think it even, I think it even goes, I think it goes, uh, a deeper level and, um, and I don't want to jump too far into it, but I think it's very simple. The difference between the choice that you would say gets you in the eternal, you know, fear or the eternal light would be, believing in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. whereas mine is questioning the fact of, look, man, I don't want to be the one that says the name of Jesus and finds out that that wasn't really God's name. That wasn't really, I mean, that was a, a glimpse of who he was, but it wasn't really the, the higher being as a whole. And so I live my life I mean, if you looked at it from the outside in, right, mm -hmm. you'd be like, dude, I don't know if this guy's a Christian or something like that, because I live to a moral code. Mm -hmm. uh, when I work on my clients, I'm very integrous with them. 
when the way I raised my kids, I am very honest and loving with them and joyful and, and happiness. I try to be in a state of constant peace and constant joy and happiness. I mean, if you went through my journal, some of my entries are going to be, you know, I'm generous. I make this world a better place. Uh, I am full of joy. I'm loving. I bring value to the people that I engage with. Like you, you'd be going ahead and going, man, I feel, I don't, I, is this guy a Christian? But it's the sole fact of me saying, yeah, Jesus is the answer that I think differs the two of us. Yeah. Yeah, man. I believe there is a higher being. And I also believe there's a greater evil than what we really know. I mean, there's been evidence of it. I mean, decades upon decades upon decades upon decades. Right. But is, is what you can grab and flip through the pages of the Bible. Is that the definition of who, you know, Satan is or the evil power is and who God is and who Jesus is and the higher power is. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's where we differ. And, and in my opinion, I'm glad that you and I can have a conversation and be okay with, Hey man, I, I think Jesus is the way. And I can be like, Hey man, I don't think he is or necessary is the only way. Mm-hmm. Um, and be okay at the end of the day where you and I are both like, you know what? You spoke, I spoke. I think, I think this conversation is important is what I'm trying to say, because too many of us like, and don't, don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to rag on my parents, but too many of us want to, you know, tear down the other side Yeah, I agree. rather than, rather than saying, I, I hear what you believe. I see what you believe. And it's okay to believe what you believe, but this is what I believe on the other side. Yeah. And I'm okay sharing who I am and what I believe. I'm not going to push it on you, but I'm okay going ahead and understanding where you're coming from. Like perfect example right now with everything that's going on, I'm getting blown up on my phone by end times YouTube this and end times YouTube that from my parents sending it to me. And I'm like, guys, I need you to stop. Like, I know all that stuff. I grew up with that stuff. I watched the 70s video of Left Behind and the guillotine shaking and dropping on people. Like, I grew up with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like, I know what all this could or couldn't be. But, But being accepting enough to say, you know what? That's what you believe. This is what I believe. I'm not going to force this on you, but I'm going to show you how I live. And hopefully showing you how I live helps you understand there is a better way, Mm -hmm. I think is where our society needs to get to. And I'm even talking bigger than religion, man. I'm talking politics. I'm talking everything, man. Like, I think it's okay to be a right wing and be a left wing and two parties come to the table, have a conversation, see where they disagree at, walk away and not want to fight each other and not want to destroy a country and be okay saying, I believe in this and I believe in that. Okay. We're both humans. We're both Americans. We're both everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, yeah. I, I, and I, I'll conclude with that as well. Uh, I, I completely agree 100%. You know, um, coming from my viewpoint, you know, uh, Jesus himself said, the way you love one another will show 
uh, you're my disciple or show you are who you say you are. And yeah. so if you as a Christian are being ugly to people or trying to force it down to people, that's just going to turn them away and it's going to give Christianity or what it means to be a Christian a bad name. And so, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. um, so for me, man, I, I, I completely agree. There's a thing called a YouTube channel called Jubilee. I, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's awesome. One of my friends, no. one of my friends sent it to me, but what they do on Jubilee is they'll take one person who believe one way and another person who believe another way. And it's not just, it's not, it's actually, I think they only done one on religion. It's like, you know, cops versus gang members, you know, or this mm-hmm. versus that two polar opposite. And they bring them in a room and they just have a conversation together and you hear each other's viewpoints. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think the world does need a lot more of that. And I think far as Christians need to do a ten times better job at that than what than what than what we're doing because to be honest, if I was an atheist and dealt with some certain Christians, I wouldn't want to follow Christ either, you know. But uh, but uh, yeah. for me, I just started looking at it for myself, and that's what helped me. But I, I'll say, I, me and my mom had a conversation, and what we what I came out of that conversation was because she gonna she because we're both Christian, but she believed in something. And I'm believing that what's mm-hmm, being taught mm-hmm. is different. And what we I mm-hmm. realize is that we have our conversation, we move on, and then from there, as the Christian, I can just pray for that person. And if God is who he is, and if it's in his will to change that person and, and that person to be saved, he will. And it's kind of like the same thing with us here. You know, I believe, I do believe, I, I just feel it in my heart from our conversations that God is playing like this tug of war game with you and he has people in your life that care about you that want you to know and i believe that based off of your mother's prayers and your father's prayers and all that that one day is going to happen but if it but also i believe that you know jesus said that some people and that goes back to the scripture that i'm gonna use for my for this podcast is that he says some mm. people are just not gonna follow me and some people are not gonna believe in me mm. and the beauty of it is that god himself give us that choice and so who am mm. I to tell you how to believe and force it on you? It's just, I'm going to share what I believe. You share what you believe. And we both mm-hmm. have our right to believe the way we want to. So mm-hmm. I appreciate this mm-hmm. conversation, man. I really appreciate your time. Same here, man. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. All right, uh, is there anything you want to plug? You want to um, share anything about dream catchers and our, 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 your book? Uh, when can we expect it? Where can we get it? That kind of stuff. I think you say you're working on the second one or. Yeah. 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 So best place for me to connect with me obviously is going to be the, uh, the dream catcher show. That's the best place to connect with me. Other than that, if you feel, you know, I know on this episode, we talked a lot about spirituality and we talked about, um, you know, Christianity versus not Christianity, like all that sort of stuff. But the podcast, my podcast is more geared towards how do I go from being a daydreamer, not not even knowing how to get my dream, to actually walking out the steps to catching my dream. If you feel you're there or if you, even if you feel like you're in the like the depths of your dream and you're excited, but you're scared and you're going after it, but you don't know what the next steps are, or even if you're a person who is at the end of your dream, you've wrapped it up. You don't know what's next. If any of those relate with you, catch me on the dream catcher show. 
because I want to connect with you. And you can always go ahead and reach out to me on any social media platform, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and just say, hey, man, I think I'm a dream catcher. I'd love to hear your dream, where you're at, how I can help. And that's simply just going to John C. Bourgeois, and that's B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S. And uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, John. I'm going to be reaching out to you, brother, because I am a dream catcher. <laughs> and uh, I would love to get some tips because I'm at a point where with military and then doing this, especially for me, I'm not really trying to like make a profit or anything. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm just really just trying to basically do brand awareness. And I mm-hmm. suck at marketing and I'm so busy in life <laughs> that I, I don't have the time to really learn it. So I would definitely like some mentoring, coaching Absolutely, from man. you, brother. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Thanks again for joining us on the Blessed Money Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, blessedmoney.com, or download the Blessed Money app, where you can continue the conversation from this podcast by sharing your thoughts and testimonies on the scripture. You can fellowship with other Christians or check out the Blessed Money blog. Oh, and I almost forgot, if you found any value in this show, we'd appreciate our ratings on iTunes. Spotify, or on the platform you use to listen to the show. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about us, that would be a huge blessing. Until next time, peace, peace.